Today we're not going to turn in our Bibles as we normally do to the book of Ephesians. We're going to jump around a bit for a moment. And then we're going to go to John, the ninth chapter. And so if you have a Bible and you want to just turn to the book of John, just hold on to that for a moment. We want to kind of leisurely go through this study. What we, what we want to do is to take a look at this one that we celebrate on Christmas, this baby that was born in a manger. He grew up to be quite an interesting man, of course. He grew up, and he is the very Savior of this world. He is the Messiah, the promised one that was to come. And so many people didn't see him. And we want to talk about the, the very purest form of Christianity. The very purest form of, of Christmas is nothing more and nothing less than, than purely seeing Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in the manger. That, that event to those of us who know and love Jesus Christ becomes everything to us. Those of us who are, have placed our faith and our trust in Him, which might bring to light to those of you that are visiting why so many Christians become upset when there's talk of taking away the manger scene or, or removing the very idea of the baby Jesus that lays in the manger from the very celebration of Christmas. You see, seeing Jesus Christ to those of us who know and trust and believe in Him is the purest form of our faith. And so this time of the year is, is critical to us. It's a very important time for us to see the baby that was born in the manger. One of the most faithful disciples of our Lord, John, one made this very awesome proclamation about seeing Jesus Christ. He and the disciples hung around with him for a while. They had the privilege of hearing every word that he said. They had the privilege of seeing him and, and being side by side with him. And he wrote in a book called First John, the first chapter, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. Listen to what he wrote. He says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen, with our eyes, he says, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life, he says, was manifested. In other words, shown to us. We have seen and we testify and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, shown to us. What we have seen what we have heard, we proclaim to you also, he says, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, he says, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That baby that was born in the manger. These things, he says, we write to you so that your joy may be made complete. Stop and think with me for a moment. Can you imagine not being able to see? For instance, not, not being able to see the very staples of this life which we live in. The color of grass, for instance. 
My wife and I were driving here this morning. We saw the, the mountain and the snow on it. And the sun hit it in such a perfect way that it just, it just seemed to glow. The shape and the lights and the colors of the Christmas trees. The white puffy clouds and the very blue and beautiful sky that we have. Something that's very, very dear to me. Something I love to see every time I get to see it. It's a simple thing. I wrote it down because I felt I would miss it. It's the bounce of the hair of a, in the sunlight of a little girl that's running with glee towards her mother or, his, or her father when she's out in the park playing. I love that sight. Or a sunrise or a sunset or the stars or the moon. Can you imagine those of us who have lived a lifetime and were able to see these things and then taking sight for granted? I question, do you appreciate all the things that you see? Well, the truth of the matter is this. You don't necessarily have to be blind to miss some of the greatest wonders of this earth. Christmas, you see, reminds those of us who have seen our Savior to experience the wonders of, of knowing Him. But sadly, there are some who see very clearly and yet really have never taken a good look at Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in the manger. I mean, have you seen Him? Have you really taken a look at Him? This baby grew up to be a a man who claimed to be eternal. Who said that he was greater than death itself. Who was able to change a life in the very blink of an eye. You see, once you see this baby that was born in the manger and really take a good, hard look at him, then all religion will be lost. Will be. And true faith will finally be seen. You'll sense a peace of this Christmas time, a, a peace that surpasses all kinds of understanding. Listen to the words of a couple of people who had the privilege of seeing him up close and personal. First, I want to talk to you about a man that's called Doubting Thomas. Most of us have heard the name Doubting Thomas. Jesus Christ, after his death, arose from the dead and appeared to to a number of his disciples in this upper room. One of them was not there, Thomas. He wasn't there. And when he came, the disciples said to him, Thomas, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. He is risen. And Thomas said, unless I see him myself and put my finger and my hand into his wounds, I, I just won't believe, he says. I won't believe. Well, shortly thereafter, Jesus Christ came to that very room when Thomas was in it. And he walked over to Thomas and he said, Thomas, look. Look at my wounds. Put your finger in there. Look at the sore, the wound on my side. You can put your hand in there if you wish. And Thomas, seeing Jesus Christ, in my opinion, fell to his knees and, and shouted out these words, My Lord and my God. 
There was a woman called Mary Magdalene. She went to anoint Jesus Christ after his death. And when she arrived at the tomb site, she saw Jesus Christ alive. She rushed back to the disciples who were waiting for her and she exclaimed to them, I have seen the Lord. Peter, one of our Lord's most faithful followers, I think he said it the best when he saw Jesus Christ in all of his glory. He said to those who would listen to him, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. See, the baby that was born in the manger was more than just a a baby. He was the Messiah. He was God to come to this earth. And so Peter said, we have we have been eyewitness of His majesty. Can you imagine if that be true? God came to earth in the form of a child and His majesty was seen. You, you and I too can see His majesty. We can see it. If that be possible, then let's stop for a moment this Christmas season. Let, let's see if we too can put some sense to the life of this one that's called Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in the manger. Let's catch a glimpse of of His amazing majesty in one very pure but simple story written in John chapter 9, as I've asked you to turn to it. We're going to see a story of a man who was born blind. A man who at one time could not see But after running into Jesus Christ, he saw him. And when he saw him, he then exclaimed, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. John chapter 9. It's an amazing story. We're going to read it through kind of like you would if you were just kind of relaxing in your own study or your own home, sitting down and just taking a look at this story. But what I want you to do with me, for those of us who know and trust in Jesus Christ, is to look at it in this fashion. For those of you that wonder what it is that we celebrate this time of the year and why we get so excited as as Christians over Christmas, maybe this will give you a, a better look at it. It said that Jesus Christ in chapter 9 of John in the first verse was passing by as he and some of his disciples were walking on this road and they, they saw a man who was blind, the Bible says, from his birth. In other words, he has never seen one day of light. His disciples asked Jesus Christ a question. They purely asked him, Lord, who sinned? This man or his parents that he should be born blind? Jesus said in verse 3, neither. No, it it wasn't that this man sinned. It wasn't that his parents sinned either. And then Jesus Christ makes a statement. Folks, think about what he is about to say. He says that this man was not born blind for any other reason than, it says, in order that the works of God might be displayed in him. If you stop and think for a while and you reason why are you like you are, what it is in your life that is of any importance, 
I can tell you it's, you are what you are so that the works of God might be displayed in you and in me. Jesus says in verse 5, while I'm in this world, I am the light of this world. And then he did a most amazing thing with this man. This man's sitting there begging. He's just sitting there minding his own business. And Jesus walks to him and spits on the ground. He spits on the ground. And with his spit, he makes some clay out of the dirt. And he takes that clay and he rubs it on this man's eyes. I mean, he's just sitting there, minding his own business. And perhaps he hears... And then he waits a moment and somebody puts something on his eyes. Jesus said to him, go and wash in the pool called Shalom, which, which means sent. Sent him there. It says that the man did that. He went away and he washed. And he came back to that scene, seeing for the very first time in his life. Can you even imagine? He looked around and saw all the things that he had never seen before. The scene jumps in verse 8 to his neighbors. They must have seen all of this or he walked home and those that, that used to see him as this beggar who was blind says, is not this the one who used to sit and beg? Others saying, yep, it's him. In verse 9, that's my translation of it. Others said, no, 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 it's not him. It looks like him a little bit, but it's not him because look, he can see us. He kept saying, it says kept, I like that, over and over again. He said, wait, I'm him. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. I'm him. I can see. They asked him in verse 10, well, how are your eyes open? How is it that you can see what happened? He said in verse 11, there's this man, this baby that we celebrate Christmas. His name is Jesus. He made some clay. He anointed my eyes. He told me, go to this pool called Shalom. And and I went there and I washed and I could see. They said, where is he? Where is this guy? And he says, I don't know. I don't know where he is now. I just came back here and I could see. Well, jump into the scenario of this story. They now take him to the religious, righteous self-righteous leaders of that day. They're called in here the Jews, but it's not really talking about a, a national of people. It's talking about the religious leaders. They were called the Pharisees in verse 11. They brought this man who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. It was the Sabbath. Now, that's not written there just coincidentally that was a pattern in the life of Jesus Christ to 
heal and do things to people on the Sabbath because, listen, I, I don't know exactly why. I want to think it's because he liked ticking these guys off. That's, that's what I particularly like to think. More than likely, that's not why. But it was the Sabbath. And you see, the Sabbath was at issue with the religious leaders of the day because you were not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. It was a day of rest. And you weren't supposed to do anything. So it was the Sabbath, we are told in the 14th verse, when Jesus made this clay and opened this man's eyes. And so the Pharisees asked him, just how did you receive your sight? And he, he told them, this guy came and applied clay to my eyes, and I washed and now I see. So the Pharisees claim in verse 16, this guy, he can't be from God. He can't be because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. I love it. Others were saying, tell us, how can a person who doesn't keep the Sabbath it says here, who is a sinner, because, you see, they equated not keeping the Sabbath with sin. So they asked, how can someone who, who doesn't keep the Sabbath do such a miracle as, as this, give the guy sight? And then a very simple sentence ends, verse 16. It says, there was a division among them. Folks, I want you to know something. Coming to Jesus Christ and walking with Jesus Christ causes divisions within all of life. The very issue that we have such an, an amazing uproar over the fact that you can't have a manger scene, that you can't have a cross, you, you, can't, you can't really consider this baby that was born in a manger, is because he causes divisions. He causes people to make a decision one way or another. His whole life came to separate and cause divisions. They say in verse 17, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And his best guess is he must be a prophet. He's got to be special. I was blind. I, I can now see. They didn't believe him. They didn't believe that he was born blind. So now, they bring in his mother and his father. His parents come now into the scene. And they ask his parents, in verse 19, Is this truly your son? Was he born blind? How does he now see? Logical questions. Parents answered and said, we know that this is our son, yes. We know that he was born blind. He's never seen a day in his life until now. And then they say in verse 21, but how he sees, we don't know. Who opened his eyes, we don't know. Better ask him. He can speak for himself. He's old enough. Next verse says that his parents said that because they were afraid of the religious leaders of that day, the Jews, because those religious leaders, the Pharisees, said if anyone would confess that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Messiah, the very Son of God, they would be cast out of the synagogue. And that was a big deal. 
for a Jewish person to be cast out of the synagogue meant they were neither Jew nor Gentile. They had no place to go. The synagogue was everything to a Jewish family. And so his parents said in verse 23, ask him. And so they asked him a second time, it says in verse 24. And then they said something amazing. The religious leaders did. They said, we know that this man is a sinner. There's no way that he's from God. So glorify God and admit that he's a sinner. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind. Blind as a bat. And now I can see. They tried to reason that he couldn't be from God. Nobody would heal someone on the Sabbath. And the man said in verse 30 an amazing thing. He says, you know, he says, you guys, you guys. It's amazing, he says, that you don't know where he's from. And yet he opened my eyes. Verse 31, he says, we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, God hears him. And then he says, since the beginning of time, in verse 32, it has never even been heard of anyone opening the eyes of a person who is born blind. If this man were not from God, then he couldn't do anything. They answered him and said in the next verse, You, you now are entirely in sin. And you are kicked out of the synagogue. And they put him out. This baby that was born in the manger does the most precious thing you've ever seen in your life in the next few verses. Jesus Christ does what he does best. To those of us who are down and out, he comes to us. It's not a little thing that you find in this next verse that Jesus Christ searches this man's out. He found out that he had been kicked out of the synagogue and he comes to find this man. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had put this man out and finding him, and finding him, Jesus Christ said to him, do you believe in the Son of Man? In other words, do you have any religious background? Do you believe that there would be one that would come that would be the Messiah, the Savior of this world? Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, who is he, Lord? that I might believe in Him. And if this doesn't tug at your heart, I don't know what will. Verse 37, Jesus Christ looks at this man who had never seen a day in his life and Jesus, staring at him, says, you both see Him? And He is the one who is talking with you. Can you imagine? Jesus took this one who could never see, who He said, when they asked who sinned, his mom, his dad, or him. And he said, nobody really sinned in that behalf. He's been born blind so that the glory of God might be seen in him. You are who you are. I am who I am so that the glory of God might be seen in and through our lives. This baby that was born in a manger, this baby means everything to those of us who can see him. 
And he says to this man who can now see, you're looking at him. You can see him with your own eyes. And I'm talking with you, he said. Jesus wants to talk to you and me. And today he can talk to us through his word. And we can see him for who he is. And in verse 38, this man who was once blind, who was just simply sitting by the road, begging for food and scrap, says, Lord, I I believe. And it says that he worshipped Jesus Christ then and there. It's a touching story to me. And then Jesus makes this statement in verse 39. He says, for judgment, I have come into this world. So that those who do not see may see. And those who who see may become blind. What in the world does that mean? Well, the Pharisees help us out. They're standing there and they're listening and watching this scenario. And they say in verse 40, like just idiots, we're not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind... You'd have no sin. But since you say we see, your sins remain. Basically, he is saying, look, if you if you were at a place where you didn't, if you couldn't see and you needed someone to save you, you needed a savior, and you shouted out for him, you'd you'd have him and your sins would be taken away. But since you say, we know everything, we're religious, we don't need you, Jesus. He says then, you say you see and your sins remain. This is one of the finest places in all of Scripture to see faith poured out. Seen within the the entire Word of God, Jesus took this man who was born blind and brought him to where he could see. And brought him to a place where he would come and believe and trust in him and worship him. So it is with your life and my life. Every single one of us, at one point in our life, were blind as bats. By that I mean we were all sinners. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one. Trouble is, we don't see our blindness. We don't see our lost condition. And when we come, and if we come to Jesus Christ, He'll reveal Himself to us, and and, and our eyes will be open, and we'll see Him for who He is. We'll see what what it means when it talks about the baby that was born in the manger. You'll see all of a sudden why it's such an issue for Christians to rise up and, and... And be upset when they want to take the baby out of the shopping malls and the the whole essence of Christmas away from us. You'll finally see him for who he is and for what he has done for every single one of us. If someone comes into the presence of Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in the manger, the one who is called the light of this world, and says, you know, I just don't get it. I, I, I don't see him as my Savior. Then they too are spiritually blind. The Pharisees saw. They thought they saw. 
They were religious. And yet Jesus said to them, you're blind. You see, if you've been in the presence of Jesus Christ and truly see him for who he is, the Savior of this world, and then you reject him, and there is no other Savior to offer you. There is none other. The baby grew up, Jesus, and he proclaimed in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and nobody, nobody comes to the Father but through me. In the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, the 12th verse, it says, There is salvation in no one else, no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which you and I must be saved. Talking of Jesus Christ, salvation in no one else. You know, I'm hearing over and over again, that's getting to be hate speech. The audacity for anyone to say that he is the only way. Well, I didn't say it, he did. Put anybody in jail, lock him up. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life, and you don't come to the Father except through him. This chapter here, the ninth chapter of the book of John, is such a great Christmas chapter to me. It comes with a man who was born blind and Jesus Christ gives them the greatest gift that could ever be given someone, their sight, along with their salvation. Jesus healed him so that he could see both physically and spiritually. And this story ends with a group of men who are quote-unquote religious, but who are terribly and tragically blind even though they could see as clear as could be, see with their eyes. You see, in the presence of Jesus Christ, in the presence of the light of this world, in the presence of the very revelation of God Almighty, these religious leaders say, yeah, we see, we don't need that. And therefore they reject the Lord Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in the manger, and therefore their sins remain. Their spiritual blindness remains. You see, the baby grew up, and one day he stood before everyone there in Jerusalem, and he said in the 8th chapter of the book of John, the 12th verse, he says, I am the light of this world and anyone who follows me shall not walk in darkness, in other words, death, but shall have the light of life, eternal life. These Pharisees were not walking around with a walking stick and a cane, but they were blind nonetheless. The man who was born blind saw Jesus. You know, there was a message given by a young lady in our church by the name of Melissa Slazak that I didn't get to hear. But my wife said you should have. And she gave me her notes. And she talked about this man who was blind that rushed upon Jesus Christ and begged that he would heal him. And she made this wonderful statement. Melissa said, this man saw Jesus Christ with his heart before he could see him with his eyes. 
Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you too this morning have your heart reaching out for this one that you've never really seen. Here at this church, we would love to give you as clear a picture of Jesus Christ as you could possibly have. It is our desire, as you uh, find out if you came back, to teach this, the Bible, word upon word, line upon line, so that you and I would be able to see not a person's point of view, not whoever would be preaching from this place, but really see what the Bible has to say about this baby that was born in the manger, to really see for, for the first time perhaps what it means to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to see why it is so critical to know Him and to love Him and why the baby that was born in the manger makes Christmas the most precious time. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever of us would believe in Him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. He allowed His Son to be born a baby, a helpless baby in a manger and grew up to be the very Son of God. If you are thinking with your heart today, then perhaps you can realize and know what and why Christmas is so important to us who call ourselves Christian. Pure and simple. It's because we've seen Jesus Christ. Maybe only with our hearts. But we've seen Him. And consequently, we've fallen in love with Him. And so Christmas is important to us. And therefore, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. I pray that this Christmas will be special for you and your families as I do for me and mine. Thank you for being here. May I say collectively, for those of you that are visiting, we love you very much. And we're honored that you came. For those of you who are here all the time, I love you very much. I'm honored that you came. Father, we ask your blessings upon us this Christmas day. May we celebrate it, Father, with great joy. May you blend our families together. May you, Father, bring peace, your peace. And I thank you, Father, for the privilege of celebrating your son this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I love you all very, very much. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great day.